How did China become the factory of the world? By Qin Chen. China became the world's manufacturing hub thanks to cheap labor and abundant resources. But now that China is becoming more expensive, businesses are looking elsewhere, particularly to Southeast Asia. Every Tuesday and Thursday, Inkstone explains unravels the ideas and context behind the headlines to help you understand news about China. When China started locking down cities and towns in early 2020 to combat the coronavirus pandemic, it created a ripple effect that forced companies around the world to halt their production of items ranging from car components, chemicals, and smartphones to surgical masks and toys. The pandemic alerted people to the danger of relying solely on China to make their products, a phenomenon that earned China the nickname "the world's factory." But now the situation is changing right before our eyes. Rising wages and tougher environmental rules in China, plus punitive U.S. tariffs on Chinese-made goods, have all conspired to make it a less attractive manufacturing destination for companies. Instead, companies are relocating some of their operations from China to Southeast Asian countries such as Vietnam, Malaysia, and Thailand to reduce their reliance on one country, in what some economists called a China Plus One strategy. How did China become the factory of the world? Cheap and abundant labor, land, raw materials, and lax environmental rules all contributed to China's rise as the world's factory. In 1980, the average annual salary in China was between $416 to $508, while the average American worker salary was 40 to 50 times that amount. This huge wage disparity was part of the draw for multinational companies to relocate to China in the hopes of finding higher profit margins. Moreover, China's geographic proximity to the four Asian tigers—Hong Kong, Singapore, South Korea, and Taiwan—the economic engines of the era—also helped industries to make the move," said Yue Su, a principal economist from the Economist Intelligence Unit. Beginning in the late 70s, China also embraced a series of market reforms that laid the foundation for it to become a manufacturing superpower. Rural land reforms that allowed farmers to profit from their produce saw food production rising, which freed more people to look for more lucrative work in the cities. The Communist Party also started to establish special economic zones with market-friendly rules in the southern provinces of Guangdong to attract foreign investors. The first waves of investors coming to the mainland were mostly overseas Chinese and Hong Kongers. Then, in the mid-80s and early 90s, European, American, and Japanese companies followed. In January 1978, Hong Kong businessman Henry Fook Ing Tong became one of the first foreign investors in mainland China, building the mainland's first five-star hotel, the White Swan, in Guangzhou, in collaboration with the Guangdong provincial government. German automaker Volkswagen opened its first Chinese factory in 1984 in Shanghai. Four years later, with the help of Hong Kong mogul Li Keqing's investment company, Procter and Gamble set up its first factory in Guangzhou. Its shampoo, Head and Shoulders, quickly became a prized brand for Chinese consumers. Today, China has several manufacturing hubs, each specializing in different parts of the supply chain. In Guangdong, the focus is on electronics. The eastern provinces near Shanghai specialize in medical equipment, mechanical parts, and daily goods. And the cities of Chongqing and Wuhan are best known for chemical products and auto components, respectively. Who can replace China? With wages rising in China, labor-intensive manufacturing processes for products such as clothing and electronic assembly had already started to leave the country for cheaper places before the pandemic struck this year.
The U.S.-China trade war and Washington's punitive tariffs only accelerated the trend, which COVID-19 is likely to solidify. But China still holds the advantage of having a more complete set of supply chains and a huge domestic market, which means it is unlikely that manufacturers will completely abandon China. Instead, they are looking for alternative bases to hedge against the risk of being over-reliant on China. Yue from the Economist Intelligence Unit said different sectors were relocating to different parts of Asia, especially the southeast. Vietnam and Malaysia will benefit the most from the U.S.-China trade war, particularly in low-end manufacturing, while India, Indonesia, and Thailand have seen limited benefits from export-oriented information and technology manufacturing. Meanwhile, the Japanese government has offered $2.2 billion in subsidies to encourage Japanese companies to diversify away from China. While Toyota has chosen to stay and open more car plants in China, other companies, such as Hoya, will move hard drive parts production to Vietnam and Laos, while Sumitomo Rubber Industries is looking to Malaysia. The South Korean tech giant Samsung has shifted operations away from China. Last year, it moved its smartphone production from the southern Chinese city of Huizhou to Vietnam and India. This year, it also closed much of its PC manufacturing plant in the eastern city of Suzhou and moved it to Vietnam.